Welcome, everybody, to the Week 12 Eyes on Big podcast. This is your number one growing Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt deserves a medal for getting out of his house and coming down to the downstairs athletic club to record the podcast. I just want to say thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Let me take a sip of hemlock here. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get to that fun part in a little bit, but uh, let's just get right into the weekly Eisman. All righty. Eisman watch list presented by Downstairs Athletic Club. We have five nominees this week. First one, running back Anthony McFarland from Maryland. 21 carries, 298 yards, two touchdowns. Number two, same game, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback, Ohio State University. 28 of 38 passing for 405 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Also ran for 59 yards and three touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, running back, Wisconsin. 33 carries, 321 yards. That's a career high for him. Three touchdowns and that big win over Purdue. Number four, the Nebraska defense. Much maligned all year, played like crap until yesterday, won the game for him in in horrible conditions, only gave up 289 yards, had two big turnovers. Finally, we had a punter last week. Now we have a kicker. Jake Moody replacing Quinn Nordine, who was not feeling well in this game, was six of six field goals and one of one extra point. Perfect on the day. Who are you going with? This is a tough one for me. It is um, pretty tough. Two or three of them could could definitely go for me. I Jade, uh, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dwayne Haskins, simply because it, it was funny. Um, again, texting buddies during the game, and we sit there and say, why, "Why isn't Dwayne Haskins ever running the ball?" There's some mm-hmm. Ohio State fans that I have tweeted back and forth, and then all of a sudden they used him to run the ball, and it worked. Yeah, and it did. Uh, the other thing I want to point out is. Although Ohio State doesn't look promising for great things that could happen yeah. to them, their defense obviously wasn't up oh, to the challenge. So, so the so only way they were going to pull that game yeah. out is if Dwayne Haskins went off. And by the way, J.K. Dobbins too. But yeah. that it took it took Dwayne Haskins to win that game. So I got to give him the props. Yeah, I'm tempted to go Jonathan Taylor here with the career high. Can't go Anthony McFarland only because they lost the game. It's hard to pick him. Uh, so I'm going Dwayne Haskins as well. This guy is just unflappable, right? When things are not going well, he never gets down. His body language is always positive. That's a good point. He's, he's got – their offensive line is not playing that well. Guy's in his face the whole game, and he just never gives up. Dude's a baller. I'm going Dwayne Haskins as well. Congratulations, Dwayne Haskins, the Week 12 Eisman winner. All right, let's go ahead and jump right into the games. <laughs> First one up, uh, again, we're going through this chronologically uh, with the Big Ten Game of the Week last. This is the same sheet we worked off of from our podcast last week. So first one up is Penn State 20, Rutgers 7. Penn State with 322 yards of total offense to Rutgers is 234. Um, My first kind of note that I have here is, I'm not sure either team really wanted to play in no, this game on Saturday. That's kind of what it looked like. It just wasn't a very enjoyable game to watch. It was just kind of blah, right? Yeah, yeah. But the first thing I want to say is great job by the Rutgers defense here, giving up only 322 yards to a very potent 
Penn State offense. This Rutgers defense continues to get better throughout the second half of the season. As soon as Chris Ash got more involved in the defensive side, I remember there was a week where he said, I'm going to start being more hands-on with the defense. They keep improving. So if there's anything to take for the, from the season for Rutgers, even though it's been a disaster, it's that their defense is getting better. And that just overall the, teams have not, the team has not given up. They're, they have. They have not given up. They've they've got a little bit of a rushing attack punch. They do. Um, the like passing you said, the attack defense, is atrocious. So bad. So good. Bad. Lord. And that's Christian one of those Kowski. things. I feel like in season you can maybe work on a rushing attack a little yeah. bit, but once the passing attack is bad, it just stays there. So, and I think long story short, they're going to keep Ash Ash around for another. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and and because the wheels aren't falling off. I correct. mean, they, they've been horrible on defense all year. I guess, or I'm sorry, on offense all year. But as you said, the, the running game is coming along. You do see improvements, I, really on both sides of the ball. Yep. Um, this game probably was not even as close as 20-7, to 7, really, in a lot of ways, though. Rucker scored at the very end. They did have that dropped trick play, the, yes. the reverse. I think, they, I think the name of the trick play was Philly Philly. Oh, Lord, just catch the damn ball, Gio. It was a... Rutgers play in a Rutgers season. Yeah, that kind of summarizes yeah. their season, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. One right thing I want to point out is uh, Trace McSorley threw his 100th and uh-huh. 101st touchdown yep. for Penn State, becoming the third quarterback in the history of the Big Ten to do that, yep. uh, trailing only JT Barrett and Drew Brees. So uh, Trace McSorley in rarefied air right there. And a little more rarefied air here, if I might add to that. His 30th win at Penn State, which is the most for that program, beating out Todd Blackledge and Tony Saka. Remember that guy? I do not. You don't? No. Oh, I remember Tony Saka. Okay. He big, big dude, real tall, like 6'5", big arm. All right. Uh, with the win, Penn State moves to 8-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three in the Big Ten. Rutgers falls to 1-10 overall, donut and 8 in the Big Ten. Next up, Nebraska 9, Michigan State Six, big three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth for Nebraska to pull out the win. Uh, Nebraska with 248 yards of total offense to Michigan State's 289. Um, I said in the last podcast, was this going to be a Sparty-looking game or a Cornhusker-looking game? It was, without a doubt, a Sparty-looking oh, yeah. game. Uh, so you got to give props to Nebraska for essentially taking that, taking winning, the twig, winning Sparty style, right? Yeah, seriously, taking yeah. the twig off the ugly tree and beat and, <laughs> and beating Michigan State with their own, with their own stick. They kind of did, right? I yeah. mean, it was an ugly game. Uh, I guess you got to credit Michigan State's defense though for totally bottling up Adrian Martinez, yes, right? Yes, I mean the guy and and uh, JD Spillman is out. That's right. That, that's a big loss in yep. a game like this. In all honesty, I don't know how much wide receivers really play into it. As True. Much. Another weather game. Yeah. We've seen a hey, bunch weather, of these. Weather matters. I oh, mean, it absolutely gosh, yeah. matters. But I last episode I had mentioned, I've, it seems like we've seen more weather games than sh- this year than usual. I've, or and, at least to the if part where they affect the game yeah. more, more than usual. Right. There were times where I thought that uh, Rocky Lombardi was throwing a Thanksgiving turkey out there. That's what it looked like. Uh, they, they, the Michigan State Good quarter- appropriate <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in uh, Michigan State and uh, uh, quarterback and wide receiver were in this tandem all day. Uh, either Rocky Lombardi was throwing the ball behind the mm-hmm. Michigan State receivers yeah. or Rocky Lombardi 
Lombardi was putting the ball on the money and the Michigan State receivers dropped, dropped it. it. There, yeah. there was plays out there to be made. With that being said, I have no idea why Michigan State was throwing the ball so much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I think 41 times. Yeah, Rocky had 41 attempts for only 146 yards. That's about 15 attempts too many in that and game. And they were running the ball okay. They averaged 3.8 a carry, but in a game like that, you just got to keep feeding the round game, don't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, this is the paralysis by analysis type of thing where an yeah. offensive coordinator thinks too hard. Yeah. Essentially, they should have run the ball, and then they kept running this uh, quarterback draw with Rocky Lombardi yeah. that would have success. Right. They just inexplicably went away from that. With that being said, props back to, to Nebraska, which we yeah. already have because – Their defense won this game. Yeah, right? and they're – obviously, when you have a proud program like this – um, they're not going to a bowl. They're obviously, right. I mean, especially when a lot of seniors are out there playing hard sure. and they're not playing for ever, anything. They're no, playing to they're try to help out their teammates next year because of that, because they kept in the game. That's, that's why they hung around and won that game. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to Antonio Reed, the safety had yes, a, just an amazing game. game. I mean, senior. he was all yet senior. Good, good to point that out all over the field, interception, strip sack breaking up passes divina zigbo passes a thousand yards on the season stanley morgan becomes the nu all-time leader in reception so big big game for nebraska all around also honorable mention barrett pickering there you go. the the kicker three of three hit his his all-time long 47 yard field goal and scored all points for nebraska in this game there you go all scored all points scored by the kickers so how about a little fun fact first time Nebraska has won a game without a touchdown since 1937. You've got to be kidding me. I was shocked by that. They beat Kansas State 3 to nothing in 1937. Wow. Yeah. That is an interesting one you just dropped yeah. right there. I didn't even know if I saw that on Twitter yesterday. I'm yeah. not sure where I got that from. Yeah, nice work. See, that's why. I, you can't have a podcast without Big Kurt. That's, that's right. all there is This is to what it. I do. So with the win, Nebraska moves to 4-7 and seven overall, 3-5 and five in the Big Ten. Michigan State falls to 6-5 and five overall, 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten. Next game up, yeesh, Ohio State 52, Maryland 51. The Buckeyes with 688 yards mm. of total offense to Maryland's 535. Um, the other thing I want to point out, 36 first downs. Yes. 36 first downs. That's a, an insane amount. I, I mean, obviously we already talked about Dwayne Haskins, and we uh, nominated Anthony McFarlane for mm -hmm. an Eisman. Well I mean, tw 21 carries, 298 yards. Two touchdowns. He had a fourteen point two yard. Yeah, average. I mean, you can make an an argument that he had the better game, but they just came up on the losing side. When you think about how bad the Michigan State, Michigan, and Iowa defenses completely shut down this Maryland offense. Yeah, you can't throw the ball in order to get them not to just to play left handed to get them to play no handed. Mm -hmm. You know what you need to do. You yep. take the running game away from them. And the Ohio State defense was clueless to do this well, all day long. And I have to give you credit. We had mentioned we talked about their defensive line in the preview episode, and I said, you know, I think they'll probably be able to handle this this Maryland attack. And you said, well, they're a little better pass rush than they yeah. are, and they were getting absolutely worked in the run game. They could not contain the edge at all. And then the linebackers just flat out stink for there Ohio you go. State. And terrible. It's hard for me to put 
all of the blame or I don't know what percentage blame on the defensive line because at some point if the defensive line's doing their job, somebody has to fill a gap yeah. on the best way I could describe it is somewhat of an option style of offense for Maryland. I mean, they just mm. they run the ball that sure. much. They try to do little you know trick thing yep. to get it worked. Keep your eyes with, moving. It worked with the Ohio State linebackers safeties. They're just they weren't coming in no. to fill and do their job. They're, this is a really bad defense. Um, we we knew that going in, but I think they they've been exposed even more. Yeah, this is a ten and one Ohio State team, but it's a very underwhelming ten and one team. But yet. They are ten and one. <laughs> yeah, and but do you have any confidence in them? Like, so, I mean, I, I know, but a, I, I just keep going back to the same thing. Every time I seem to watch Ohio State play an eleven o'clock or two thirty game, mm-hmm. and then I watch Oklahoma play a later afternoon or night game, and I'm like, sure, I'm watching the same team. Yeah, an, an amazing explosive offense with almost no defense. I mean, Puka Williams had almost three hundred yards rushing versus Oklahoma last so it's not like oh, did he really yeah oh he, I didn't he, see his stat line he tore him up awesome. so Good for and him. again one more time Dwayne Haskins and J.K. Stones Dobbins with I mean that's the fourth 400 yard game for Dwayne Haskins I'm not sure but think, it sounds about I think right. that's yeah. what it is and again uh J.K. Dobbins had to take over in that game he was the only healthy running back so they and, did they, the offense had to put up that many points to win the game so a little more on Ohio State. Three turnovers, ten penalties, just look sloppy all around. Yeah, uh, this the, this is not a healthy team here, and we got to talk about Urban Meyer on the sideline. He is having mental or physical breakdowns. He's maybe not both. holding up well. No, I we had already talked on the last podcast that we are looking at the end of what we think is the coaching staff in some capacity. Now I think that slides over to Urban Meyer, meaning before it was kind of like, okay, Ryan Day's gone or Urban Meyer's gone. Now I would say Urban's almost for sure gone. and He's got to hang it up. I mean, for his own sake, just for your own health. And as far as the coaching staff goes, I think it's time to give Greg Schiano a... What, What would you say you do here? Nothing is working. Very appropriate. Yeah, um... Also, let's talk a little bit about that that two point conversion. What'd you think there? Did, okay, would you have done that first of all? Would you have gone for two? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think. It was here's a good one thing I want to point out. This this is I'm maybe trying to help out uh, Piggy Tyrell Pigram mm-hmm. here a little bit. I think maybe he was expecting the wide receiver he to was. move over he into was. the voided zone, and he didn't move. That receiver, but nobody's. I haven't. Okay. So the receiver to me, it looked like felt like the the defender was going to follow him, and he didn't. The defender got got hung up, so there was they did basically a little cross. The two defenders got hung up, and they just stood there. Yep. And he was wide open. He was expecting that guy to fill, and he never did. He should have just stayed where he was instead of sliding. No wait. I okay. Maybe I looked at her. I don't think I the mean, wide receiver. He went too far to the center. He should have come okay. back. Yes, he should have moved back out. Yes. Okay. That. All right. I got you. That's what no, we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. And right so there. I think Pigram expected that, and the receiver just didn't do it. Yeah. So. With that misplay, Ohio State escapes and moves to 10 and 1 overall, 7 and 1 in the Big 10. Maryland falls to 5 and 6 overall, 3 and 5 in the Big 10. Is this it? Are we there? Are we there yet? <laughs> Mom, dad, Let's, are we there? Yet? I'm going to give I'm going to give you a no boogers. Thank you. All right. Iowa 63, Illinois 0. 
Iowa with 400 yards of total offense to Illinois' 220. I'll be honest with you. I thought it would be more of a disparaging yardage total when I went to look that up this yeah, morning. Yeah, um, full disclosure here for all the listeners. I turned this off at the end of the first quarter, and I have not looked at a single stat. So that was the first time I even heard the – I didn't even know what the score was till late last night. Yeah. I finally looked um, at the final. <laughs> so the, a lot of the questions that were asked in Twitter and, and people getting a hold of me was – are you and Big Kurt watching the game together? Yeah. Which we would have. I, yeah. I, I, no, I invited you over yeah. to the downstairs athletic club to watch. It yeah. just didn't happen. And then about midway through the second quarter, the, the messages or questions changed to, how's Kurt doing? Is he, <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that, um, everyone. And Kurt's a great sport. Uh, he, sent me a, he sent me a text <laughs> message. <laughs> <laughs> that just said, well, that's it. I'm going to the bar. And then you threw in the the graphic confetti thing that like filled my my the screen of oh, my I didn't even know you did that. I didn't realize I did that. Congratulatory <laughs> confetti. Oh, you did. Well, so it must do that automatically because I said congrats. congrats. Okay, so it just added that automatic. That's hilarious. I had no idea. Oh, I go back and look it, at that. It added to my <laughs> enjoyment, so I really appreciate that. Um, okay, so to talk about the game, because unfortunately well, well, this like, game isn't completely can I about start? me and you. Yeah. Okay, so Illinois got off to a great start. Interception, got the ball back on the you know after the first Iowa possession there. Of course, they have a penalty to kill that drive. They go for it on fourth and five, which – I kind of agreed with, and then the game was over. That was pretty much it. Yeah. When I rewatched the game this morning, when that fourth and five, and uh, Iowa's D line just kind of blew up the play. Yeah. That was it. That was pretty much. That was it. the end of the game. after that. Then it was about at that point, two minutes into the game, I think. Um, obviously, the question for Hawk fans going into the game was, are they ready to play? Do they want to play this game? Yeah, sure. Okay. That was my question too. Kirk Herbstreet is famous for uh, always dropping the line, college football is a game of emotion. Mm -hmm. um, I think the emotion that played out here was anger. Yeah, and it was I an could see angry, that. angry Iowa team that knows they should be better than what their record says. They took it out on the Illini. Uh, and I think the, the Illini, Illini just caught them, seriously, at a bad time. I'm dead serious well, when I say this. I'm dead serious. Obviously, Iowa is not 63 points better than Illinois in most days. If Iowa would have pulled out, seriously, pulled out the Northwestern game mm -hmm. and and won that, yep, and had more of a sense of relief last week, I don't think you see the score yeah, like this. That's that, probably that's, fair. That's how things can change. That's with, probably with fair. The sport of so it's like the Illini's emotion going into this game was malaise. Yeah, the crowd was malaise. The, the there was a crowd. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice yeah. that part. Um, Anyways, yeah, with uh, uh, Iowa exercised a lot of demons on Saturday. Oh, obviously, there was some getting, obviously getting the, the win. Uh, Noah Fan first. I mean, it was Did pretty. He, have a good game? he had a good game. Good it was him. it was pretty much uh, a given right from the first kind of series that they were trying to get Noah Fan in. He caught a touchdown pass. Him uh, Noah Fan, T.J. Hawkinson, five catches, 112 yards. Three touchdowns. Iowa did combined not have a for the, combined. Two, okay. Combined. Um, Iowa didn't have a 100 yard rusher. I was going to ask about the running backs. Yeah, how they Makai look. Sargent got 100 yards rushing. Oh, he did get. Yep. Okay. Um, well, good for him. Yeah. The the rushing attack looked looked good, not great. Um, uh, hmm. Stanley looked not so great at the beginning, but then he settled down and was really good after that. So you said how many yards did Iowa get? Uh, 400 even. Wow, that's a good game for yep. Illinois. They played yeah. well. Yeah. Shouldn't have turned it off. Man. So the sixty-three to nothing, by the way, is a all-time program record, worst Correct. defeat of all time. Yeah, 
Yep, that was since 1890 or 1891, whatever year they started. Yeah, I was going to say, um, worst loss since 91. 1891. <laughs> 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 All right, man. Sing. You done? You, we good? I'm done. All right. With the, Iowa, with the win, Iowa moves to 7-4 and four overall, 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten. Illinois, unfortunately, falls to 4-7 and seven overall, 2-6 and six in the Big Ten. They will not be going to a bowl. Wah, wah, wah. Next game up, Wisconsin 47, Purdue 44. This was a three-overtime game. What a barn burner. Yeah, the Badgers with 545 yards of total offense. Yeah. The Purdue Boilermakers with 462 yards, basically – Wisconsin couldn't stop Purdue's passing. Conversely, yep. Purdue could not stop Wisconsin's running attack. Jonathan Taylor, 321 yards, three touchdowns. David Blau, 386 yeah. yards and four Huge. touchdowns. Another um, weather game here, too. Yeah. It was kind of nasty. I, little, like, uh, I think it was like a, a rain-snow mix there right. at some point. But how do, how about that? By the cat? way, that that throws uh, the my probably stupid comments about how uh, uh, Jeff Brom's offense works in bad weather because I tell you what, uh, David yeah. Blau looked pretty good. Yesterday. Well, yeah, and, but this game was pretty low scoring. It was 10-3 to 3 yeah. at halftime and in, into the third quarter before it started breaking open a little bit. 24-13 uh, to 13 Purdue lead going into the fourth quarter. Yep, and I they, thought it was over. I thought they were just going to pull I think away. most people thought Purdue was just going to kind of – so you have got to give Wisconsin – and their seniors and their leaders and yep. everybody credit. They could have very easy. I mean, they all of their goals that they had at the beginning of the They're season have been shot to hell for the last two three weeks. They could have pitched a tent and been been done with it, but they pulled it out, man. I mean, you got to give you got to give Badgers credit for that. Well, and they followed the game plan that we laid out for them. Remember in the in run the, the preview, ball. run it. run the damn ball. We said give Taylor at least thirty carries. He had thirty three. So good coaching by the Greek and and Big Kurt here. <laughs> And uh, hey, Jack Cohn didn't have a crap game. No. How about that? 16 to 24, two touchdowns, no interceptions for him. And obviously the fact that he didn't just melt down and have a horrible game has a lot to do with the fact that Wisconsin won yeah, the game. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Good quarterback, quarterback play, get a freaking win. Um, on so the, who is Purdue? Well, what is this team? I tell you what, that's we'll see how this unfolds here, right, in the next seven to nine days yeah. as we record this on – on Sunday, because right now, all that good... I mean, how crazy is the sport, right? At the beginning of the year, Purdue starts oh, out horrible. 0-3. 0-3. And, oh and, um, and then next, they look like one of the better teams in the country. In the whole point. country with a demolishing win over Ohio State. Yeah. Now you look back, as crazy as it sounds, that's not even... It's it's not that great of a win anymore. It's, or at least, it's not. That's true. Or, or at least to the point where how many yards Purdue put up. Everybody puts up that right. many yards on Ohio State. And then State. you look at what they did against Minnesota. Just yeah. got absolutely embarrassed by, you know, an okay but not good Minnesota right. team. And then having a 11-point lead in the fourth quarter and letting it yeah. go. And, you again, we, we talked about this on the last podcast. The off-the-field coaching Brome stuff. I'm thinking it's, it's got to be a distraction. I'm thinking it's playing into this stuff. It has to. You know, and it's weird. Brown is obviously a very good offensive coach, but it's still up for debate. Is is he a good overall head coach? Yeah. I mean, he finished last year 6-6, six and six, went to a bowl game, won that one. They're sitting at 5-6 and six right now. This is supposed to be one of the hottest coaching prospects in the country. He, he he's he's he has a 5 but on you, the record. But you have to look at how dormatish – 
Purdue was. Yeah, I guess so. He but got they him also, to a bowl game last year, and he's got him on the verge of a bowl game. But but they didn't have a crap roster either. I think people kind of overestimate how bad the situation was there. Yeah, they. I mean, they have what was it like twenty five seniors or something? Okay, on last, this team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a veteran squad, and and he inherited a, a good quarterback. Yeah, definitely with quarterback. Yeah, I I mean, again, it's just. It's interesting with with Purdue right now how this is it roller coaster down roller coaster up the roller coaster back down to see how that all plays. So out. thirteen straight losses for Purdue to Wisconsin now. Yeah, that's an all time um, record in that series. What do you think? If you had to guess, what's going to happen with Brown? Will he's, he be there next year? No, you don't think so. I do not. You think he's going to Louisville? Yes. You don't think USC is a possibility? It is his possibility. I think USC is a big possibility. I think if you're him, why wouldn't you go there instead of Louisville? Because he is that tried and true Cardinal. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see, right? We will. All right. So with the win, Wisconsin moves to seven and four overall, five and three in the Big Ten. Purdue falls to five and six overall, four and four in the Big Ten. They need the win next week to be bowl eligible. Next game up, a little bit of a battle here. Michigan thirty one. Yeah. Indiana 20, the Wolverines with 507 yards of total offense, the Hoosiers with 385. So the first thing I want to point out is I saw some people on on Twitter, Mm -hmm. I don't know, probably Big Ten or Michigan haters to a certain degree, but basically saying, ha, 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 that Michigan defense isn't so, you know, uh, of a brick wall. (laughs) <laughs> the Hoosiers didn't even get 400 yards right. of total offense now, it was the and score 21 points. Right. I, I, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is it was surprising to see some success that Indiana yeah, was having. Um, with that being said, the stats still didn't exactly explode off no. the page here for what Michigan gave up. No, 385 is their 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 high mark on the year, the by the year. way. For That's the whole, insane. Yeah, I mean, look, Indiana played a pretty damn good game here, they did. right? Stevie Scott, they just fed him the ball. They basically treated him like he's Jonathan Taylor. 30 carries, 139 yards, which to do on this defense to me is really impressive. So give them credit. You know, Peyton Ramsey, not a very good game here, but I felt like he made enough plays to keep Indiana in the game. And he's going against the best pass defense in the country. But he just didn't make enough plays for Indiana to win the game. Yep. And Indiana, did you realize, lost two out of the last three in the series in overtime? So they play Michigan cl- tough. They always this play is Michigan not tough. That unusual. They were it, they were winning seventeen to fifteen at halftime. They were down twenty to twenty eight at one point in the fourth quarter. They hung in there the whole way. Very tough performance. My question is, how can you not do this against the lesser teams if you're Indiana? What it seems like they show up for the Ohio States. They show up for the Michigans, and then they lay an egg against a Minnesota or I don't know, not in Illinois, but you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they play kind of up to their competition, down to their competition, but still never get it done. I think a podcast term that we've used a lot is the conundrum wrapped in a riddle. Yeah. They've probably won that award this year, Indiana. It's got to be an incredibly frustrating team to be a fan of this year. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they are. From the people right? I follow on Twitter, the Indiana fans, yeah. they, would, they would very much agree with you. I mean, it's probably a better than a five-win team. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They just don't get it done, though. Well, um, we'll see next week. They've yep. got a shot next week. Yep. Um, Shea Patterson on the other side for talking about quarterbacks. Um, he does make the plays that it takes to win the game. Um, yeah. He is never going to jump off the, the the screen as far as amazing plays or off the stat sheet for amazing stats. Yeah. But I 
always feel like he's going to make the play on third and seven, whatever that play is. And yeah, he's a gamer. It, it could be throwing the ball. It could be him getting out and running with it. They, It has been pretty interesting to see how Harbaugh has fit Shea Patterson in, or I don't yeah. know if Shea Patterson has fit into what Harbaugh wants. I, I think it's more the latter. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, Chase so he, Win- by the way, Chase Winovich, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he – at first I had heard broken collarbone done. Ooh. Now they're saying he's, he's okay. He, it, he came through the X-rays and everything. Oh, I hope okay, so. so it'll just it'll just That's see good. how he plays out. And then uh, Berkeley Edwards went out, uh, okay. took him off the field on a cart. Okay, uh, it was the yep. you know stabilizes sure. neck type. Of, it was a concussion. He was moving around. Okay, and everything was good to hear as well. Yep. So any looking ahead, you, you think yes. from Michigan? Yes. You think I, is, does that play into this? That was the last point okay. I was going to make. So I don't think there's much to take away from this other than. They did what they had to do to win the game in a look-ahead sandwich situation. And I think they also just played a a fired-up Hoosier team, too. Well, a a, a Hoosier team is pretty good. It's It's, it's pretty good, was If this was ESPN... And this was the They SEC. just say, well, Michigan had a horrible game. They and play- then they would talk about the depth, the amazing depth of the uh, yeah. uh, you know SEC, whatever freaking side it was. I think that's exactly what you have here. I yeah. think there is a pretty you know line of demarcation between the top four teams in the Big Ten East and the rest. Yep. But Maryland and Indiana Not are bad. pretty darn yeah. good teams. And if you don't have a really good game, something. In, in this case, mm-hmm. it was Michigan's rush defense wasn't at the top of his game. Right. Indiana is good enough with Stevie Scott to take advantage. And speaking of Stevie Scott, should point out, went over the 1,000-yard mark as a true freshman. So what is that? A, lot of, a lot of good things to look forward to for the Hoosiers the next few years. With the win, Michigan moves to 10-1 and overall, 8-0 and in the Big Ten. Indiana falls to 5-6 and overall, 2-6 and in the Big Ten. The second time, just in case I forget to say this, okay. when Purdue and Indiana play next year, uh-huh. it'll be the second time in two years where the winner goes to a bowl and the loser stays home. Oh, awesome. Yep. The old oaken bucket. Yes, sir. So that brings us to the Big Ten game of the week. <clears throat> Northwestern 24, Minnesota 14. Northwestern with 325 yards of total offense. Minnesota with 306. How dare Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt doubt Northwestern and the I know the feel good tour that they are on right now? Yeah, um, they were pretty much in control of this football game the entire yeah, time. Yeah, you know, it, close game. Minnesota hung in there. This is a good old fashioned uh, Big Ten contest. Pads were really popping. You could you could just hear it on TV. It was awesome. You know, just. Both teams came out playing really hard football, which was exciting to see. And a couple stats to uh, yeah. to to because I agree with the pads popping yeah. uh, for Northwestern. Travis Willick and Patty Fisher combined for twenty six tackles oh. apiece. Uh, for Minnesota, Blake Cashman yeah. had two hundred tackles. Nope, sorry, <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 just, tackles. It just seemed like it seemed like two hundred like tackles. He also had. Two and a half tackles for loss. So local Minnesota boy, yeah, doing Eden Prairie, Eden High Prairie doing everything he could in his last time playing in the bank to try to get Minnesota the win and yeah. bowl eligibility. Just couldn't come up with it. And a walk on as well. Yeah, got to got to mention that Tyler Johnson goes over a thousand yards. Yep, that dude is just a beast. If he, he wants to run a slant pattern and catch the ball on you, he will. Well, it's funny because they were talking about in that game. Every coach knows that if you go up against Minnesota. Yeah. You have to run. You're gonna have to defend the slant yeah. route, and they all say, "How do they keep getting these slant routes in?" And the, all the defensive coordinators said, "You have to make a choice. They're either gonna run yeah. the ball up the middle or run the slant." And there's times where I'm thinking to myself, 
that's pretty much what I do on running Madden and old NCAA right. football. Like, why don't why don't more teams do this? It seems to make a tr- uh, uh, sense that if the linebacker is vacating the area, yeah, because he's sucking up on play action to run a slant. But right. I don't know. Maybe kind of gets back to the whole. Sometimes O coordinators uh, overcomplicate things, but uh, Clayton Thorson looked better CT. in this game. 10, Isaiah Bowser, yards. yes, yes. went over ten thousand for his career. Way yep. to go, Clayton! Um, Isaiah Bowser. Not, not didn't take the game over by any means, no. but he still provided Did enough of a running attack for them. Um, Nate Hall, yeah, amazing game for NU. Two interceptions, got a little dinged up there, but that guy was all over the field. Yeah, I would say just overall, we know Northwestern does not get enough respect. Just no in, in general, I would say even more of that should be applied to Northwestern's defense. They. Oh yeah, their their offense is not overwhelming, but their defense so scrappy, is good right? every single week. They just are going to make you work, and they're going to make you work, and then you're going to finally get enough down the field, and then you're going to miss a field goal, and and that's what that was happening at once with Minnesota. Like yep. and and after that play, Northwestern took advantage of it and took a two score lead, and that was it. They just play their assignments on defense. You know, they're just sound. They they they're at where they need to be. They make the tackles. They don't make mistakes. Oh, guess what? No turnovers, two penalties for 20 yards. It's the same I mean, stat we could have written this this storyline before that, you know, it's, this played out exactly like you'd expect it to. Except that we're dummies and we pick Minnesota to win. Well, that's true. That too. But you know what? I thought, so I, when we were doing the preview show, I had the line from earlier in the week yeah. where Northwestern was favored. If I had known that Minnesota, I, if I'd back. have thought more about it, I probably would have said, well, you got to pick Northwestern now. I just felt <clears throat> it was a lockdown game for Northwestern. And again, I liked Minnesota's receivers versus the, yeah, the banged up second. For I sure. just couldn't get that out of my head. But. Yeah. And Tanner Morgan had a kind of a rough game for the Gophs here. Three turnovers from him. Could have been a little bit closer if he had played a, a sharper game. Yep. But with the win, Northwestern moves to seven and four overall, a nearly perfect seven and one in the Big Ten, with the only mm. loss being to Michigan. Yeah. Minnesota falls to five and six overall, two and six in the Big Ten, so they need a win next week to be bowl eligible. One of my tweets I was pretty proud of this weekend was Riley Lees is the new Flynn Nagel. Flynn got injured. <laughs> Riley yeah. Lee's the receiver looks just like Flynn Nagel. Yep. It's like they, some other guy's just gonna step up and get it done. Yep. Amazing. All right, so that gets us through the Big Ten slate really quickly just around the country. Notre Dame just obliterated Syracuse. In those awesome uniforms. And and by awesome, you mean Awful. pukey, disgusting. Notre you know, if they'd Dame just gone with, like, strip. maybe plain white pants no, instead of the stripes. I don't there's know. There's no way to modify those, <laughs> change them. They, they, they were, were awful. They were universally panned on not Twitter. Not a single I did person find, liked them. No, they were, they, were, they were awful. I bet even Yankee fans hated them. Oh, I guarantee Yankee fans hate them. <laughs> yeah. Why would they? Why would they like those? Right. Nobody on the East Coast is college football fans anyway. I don't even know who you're there's a lot of, for. Yeah, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans on the East Coast in the Northeast. Okay. Yeah, there are, but not New Yorkers that grew up in New York that are Yankee fans. They don't. They don't tune in and Probably watch not. Notre Dame football. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Stupidest thing. It was stupid. Um, Oklahoma State upsets uh, uh, West Virginia. So yep. that's uh, that's that that gets the Big 12 down to one team and one team only, yeah. which is Oklahoma. So they 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 pretty much killed Kansas, but seriously, I mean Puka Williams was running all over him. Well, I like do you have I, the stat line? You know, I think I overstayed 252 yards, two touchdowns 252. Okay. in the game. So uh, and then Les, Les Miles is I'm like he, yeah. he could be getting 
His, announced. Oh, right it already now. got announced. It is. Isn't yeah. that okay? Yeah. I was it's official. Out, I was cutting down a Christmas tree this earlier today. So, wow. Yeah. Um, Texas dismantled Iowa State. Just broke my heart. Yeah. Well, it breaks my heart. I don't like seeing Texas win. Did you see the uh, so with the the social media stuff back and forth between um, uh, Crazy Pass Zach Smith, and then he okay. he tweeted or with, texted uh, he texted Tom Herman. Oh yeah, and he replied, "Hook him." Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Hook him. Hook him. Yeah. Uh, Tom Herman's wife, who is hot, by the way. I saw that. Yeah. She made a oh, shirt yeah, that said, that shirt. okay, cool, hook, hook em. Em. Yeah. And then she sold the shirts and then gave the proceedings to, like, women's shelter oh, wow. or something. Like, that's 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 the society we're living in right now. Isn't it just disgusting? Like, yeah, but it's nice that she did something positive I, out of it. I, I'll, I'll give her that. But yeah. Anyways, uh, UCF, absolutely obliterated. Cincinnati. Um I'm an yeah. idiot. I, I needed something to do on Saturday night, so I took Cincinnati <laughs> in the points. Oh, God, You're that was that hard. bored, huh? Yes. Um, yeah, it's, UCF is going to be as close as possible. Right now, I believe they should move up in front of Ohio State. They're going to move up in front of so West Virginia. So they'll be in Virginia. the top 10. Yeah. Top, what, I think maybe they'll be in seven, top 10. Eight, I think they could there. be that high. Yeah. They still have a shot, I think. Yeah, I don't but, think so. Yeah. I mean, we're talking especially like, with with Notre Dame playing so well. If they win, it's I, I think they have very little chance of very, Notre very Dame wins chance, out. Yeah, but yeah, um, Clemson absolutely just killed Duke. So with the absolutely very few ridiculous SEC lineup in Week Twelve, yeah, not even worth mentioning. It is another college football playoff show on Tuesday night that has I don't know why anybody would even. Well, just watch another it. week where very little interesting happened nationally. No. You know, it's just everyone that was supposed to win won. Everyone that was supposed to lose lost. Our boy Bill King is always, you know, what's your thoughts? He always, uh, you know, tweets that out Sunday nights yeah. or Monday mornings, and I always tweet back, nothing really crazy happened. Again, it's, it's yeah. You've been saying for a the, few weeks, yes, like, uh, is through. this the week where the craziness begins? And it never and, really and does. It has not happened yet. No. no. The anti two thousand seven. Yeah, that's what this yes, is. Very much yeah. opposite. All right, buddy. I really appreciate the effort you coming over, man. Yeah, was, gave it the old college try. Uh, right when Big Kurt and I were sitting down to record, he, Big Kurt says, "You know, I think I might start reading again. <laughs> <laughs> I might pick out a good book." <laughs> you gotta get. You I gotta, gotta get. I gotta, gotta kill get time it. somehow. <laughs> All right. Well. That's all Not I got Not reading for you. about football, though. <laughs> no, it's something different. No. Sci-fi. Something. Yeah. All right. Well, History. I really appreciate you guys joining us. Please uh, tweet it out and share and do yeah. all those good things that we would appreciate. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Bye.